Buck Benny, the two-fisted, quick-triggered marksman who shoots from the hip and never misses. Oh, before we get started, I thought I'd say Merry Christmas to everybody. And I do a lot of talking in this podcast that I just recorded, so this podcast is, intro is from 2017. But uh, I left out one thing that I wanted to cover, and that is that I'm going to be talking a lot about the Jack Benny television episode where he does Christmas shopping. It's definitely, from my opinion, the best Christmas episode, well, one of the best Christmas episodes of all time, but it is Jack's best episode that he ever did on his whole uh, television run, in my opinion. And so if you've never had a chance to watch that, I'm going to attach a copy of it so that you can watch it here. Um, so just come to buckbenny.com, and it'll be right there, and you can watch it um, on your phone, on your computer, whatever you have. Uh, definitely worth watching. Hilarious. Um, I cry almost every time I see it just because it's so funny. You're just laughing your your heart out. Um, great, great episode. So when you're there, uh, coming to our site to watch that, you might go over to your right-hand side and there's the Patreon uh, logo. You can click on that and go and decide if you'd like to donate some money to the podcast. This is our last time asking for donations. And uh, anyway, without further ado, I'll get into my regular intro, but come to buckbenny.com to see the Jack Benny Christmas shopping television episode. It's wonderful. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another Triple Stack Sunday. Today we have something really special for you. We're taking the 1937 episode that you, we usually play last, and we're going to move that up to our first place position because it's a special episode. It's from December 12th, 1937, and it is the very first Christmas shopping episode. They really nail it with this first episode. They, it, it's amazing how close they get to the later episodes that will be famous for the Christmas shopping episodes. And of course, the uh, Christmas shopping episode that they do for television is amazing. My whole family sat around this last week and watched it together. I was so amazed. We, I had all these different Christmas shows that we could watch. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, um, you know, uh, Frosty the Snowman, and so forth. And I went through them, and everybody's like, nah, 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 nah. They didn't want to watch any of it. They'd seen it all, you know, over the last number of years. And then I hit Jack Benny, and my whole family was like, yeah, we haven't watched that in a while. Let's watch Jack Benny. And so I was like, sweet. So we put on uh, the Jack Benny Christmas shopping episode of the television series and we just laughed and la I was crying I was laughing so hard uh, at, at Mel Blanc's uh, uh, bit that he does with Jack oh and and Eddie Anderson's bit that he does in that episode is so fabulous I mean basically they're taking uh, you know, 15 years worth of bits that they did for these Christmas shopping episodes and grabbing the best ones and putting them into the television show that becomes the Christmas shopping episode, uh, which is phenomenal, phenomenal show. But for this one, which is the very first one, they nail it in a lot of ways because for one, Frank Nelson is the floor walker in this. He doesn't say yes yet, but he's getting there. And besides him being the floor walker, we also get uh, Eddie Anderson appearing in this one. We get Sam Hearn. 
but we get Andy Devine, B. Bernadette, just this whole group, and they and they really do a wonderful job. Uh, Ed Boloin gets a chance to both be in the show and, of course, be writing the show. Ed Boloin's a writer, and so is uh, Bill uh, Bill Morrow, and uh, both writers. Uh, so often they've been sort of following on the coattails of Harry Kahn, but this was a chance for them to just really create something new on their own that uh, goes on for years, even after they're off the show, and really blossoms uh, through time, the whole Christmas shopping concept. But uh, this is just one of my favorite Christmas shopping episodes just because it is the first one. So you get a chance to experience that. Uh, there is no Mel Blanc on this. He comes in some of the later shopping ones. But next week, our 1947 episode is going to have a full-blown Mel Blanc for you on the Christmas shopping episode from that season. So that'll be great. Now, uh, after this Christmas shopping episode, we're going to go into um, the 1947 episode of Jack spraining his ankle, and which was um, from December 14th. And then following that, um, the Phil Harris show from that same day, from 1947, and it's the Fitch Bandwagon show, and it's about buying a gift for Mr. Fitch. So you get some more Christmas shopping for you um, on that episode. So three great episodes to look forward to. I hope you really enjoy them. Uh, this is our last official day or are uh, trying to get more donations from you folks. I just thank you for putting up with our fun drive over this last month, month and a half. And I thank all of you who've donated. It's been just fabulous. Uh, what I've been really impressed with lately is I've a number of our Patreon people have realized, oh, it's really easy to change your payment on Patreon. So I've had people go from the $2 level to the $3 level or from three to four or five. I had um, Bruce, it just went from the $5 level all the way up to the $10 level a month. I'm like, wow, that is awesome supporting the podcast. It's just a neat way to show me that you are liking the podcast and you're thinking it's getting better and better. If you just change that, if last year you were paying $2 a month and you say, hey, you know, I just want to show that I really noticed a difference and it's getting better and better. Maybe you pay $3 a month this year. I mean, it's, it's totally up to you. Uh, just remember, our podcast is totally free. But we do need some folks um, helping through donations to keep it running. Now, of course, uh, we've, we have a sale going on. I want to make sure you understand about that. So at, usually at the $2 level, you get access to all of my Jack Benny podcasts. But now at the $1 level, just $1 a month, $12 a year, uh, you get access to my whole Jack Benny podcast archive of like a thousand shows. Um, you can listen to those to your heart's desire, and uh, then it, it, at, at the $2 level, you get access to all the podcasts I've ever done, uh, including the, all the Bing Crosbys, all of the Gunsmokes, all the podcasts. Uh, at the $3 level, you get access to all of the audio content that I have, and and including the shows that don't have intros but are my high-quality source material. And at the $4 level, you also get thrown in the Jack Benny video archive with his uh, 100 and, close to 150 of his television shows 
and the uh, all of his specials, a lot of his movies. You just get a lot of stuff. And then at the $5 level, um, you get access to uh, all my video library and all my audio, everything. You get access to the whole thing. And that $5 level, if you think about it, it comes out to be about $0.10, cents, under $0.10 cents per episode that you listen to. on. Uh, if, you, if you just listen to the episodes on the podcast, we run about 60 of them a month. So you're paying less than 10 cents an episode for that. If you think my, sh- my shows are worth 10 cents an episode, then maybe it's worth donating $5 to the podcast a month. Um, at the $1 level, uh, I think you're paying less than, I, I think it's under two cents an episode. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, <laughs> it's under two cents an episode that you're paying to, to, uh, enjoy my podcast. So I hope you're enjoying both the Judy Garland podcast and the Jack Benny podcast. Remember Judy Garland, I'm having slightly more Christmas themed episodes than over here on the Jack side, just because, uh, Judy's whole concept that I have with Judy Garland and friends is there's all the, her friends are the other stars of movies. And a lot of the movie stars did a lot of great Christmas episodes and that's where it ends up tying in more over there. Anyway, without further ado, uh, let's get into tonight's episodes. But remember, if you do want to donate to the podcast, just come to BuckBunny, BuckBenny.com. <laughs> and, uh, and if you go on the right-hand side, you'll see the Patreon symbol. Just click on Patreon, and that'll take you to the Patreon site, and it'll show you the exact levels, and you just pick the level you want to donate at. And like I say, you can adjust the level from month to month. If you think I had a lousy month, you can drop how much you're paying down. And if you think I had a good month and you want to raise it up a couple dollars for that month, that's fine too. Uh, anyway, enjoy all three of our episodes, and enjoy Christmas shopping with Jack. There's not much better than that in radio. J-E-L-L-O. The Jell-O program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston and Phil Harris, this orchestra. The orchestra opens a program with Life Begins at Sweet Sixteen from Scandals. <laughs> On one of our recent programs, we said the Jell-O was delicious, served perfectly plain. Well, it seems that one of our listeners objected to that, for she wrote in and said, There's no such thing as plain jello. The shimmering mold of jello in any one of those six beautiful colors just simply can't be plain. Well, of course, she's right about that, but what we meant was this You don't have to add anything to jello to make it delicious. You can serve it without any special dressing up, and you'll have a grand dessert every time. For jello brings you delicious, extra rich fruit flavor that rivals the flavor of the fresh, ripe fruit itself. But whether you serve Jell-O plain or with fruits, nuts, or whipped cream, you'll always find it makes a grand dessert. So insist on genuine Jell-O. Don't accept any substitutes. For there's only one Jell-O, and only Jell-O brings you that special extra-rich flavor. Look for the big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O.
begins at Sweet 16 from Scandals. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you that all-around swell guy, a man I'm proud to call my friend, one of the sweetest fellows that I've ever been associated with, Jack Benny. Well, Jello again, this is Sugar Benny talking. And Don, uh, tell me, what happened? My goodness, what's come over you? Oh, nothing, Jack, but after three years of working together so harmoniously, I feel that you deserve such a tribute from me. Oh, I see, Don. It took you three years to get that old feeling. <laughs> I assure you had no other reason for that lovely eulogy? I mean, no ulterior motive? Oh, no, Jack, I've always been very fond of you and regard you as a real pal. Oh, then the fact that there are only 12 more shopping days till Christmas had nothing to do with it? <laughs> huh? Absolutely not. I like you whether you buy me a gold cigarette case with my monogram on it or not. <laughs> hmm. Then you weren't hinting or anything? No, Jack. I swear it on a box of Jell-O. What flavor? Raspberry. <laughs> I thought so. I knew there was a reason for those sugary sentiments. Oh, hi, Phil. Hello, Jack, old boy. Glad to see you, baby. <laughs> baby? Hmm, he likes me, too. You know, folks, it's funny how the Yuletide season can put wings on a rat. <laughs> so you're glad to see me, huh? Yes, Jack, and I never saw you looking better. Boy, you look like a million dollars. No, I do, huh? Well, I'm not going to spend any of it, so don't be so complimentary. <laughs> You and Don have become great fans of mine all of a sudden. Jack, I always thought you were a great guy and a very talented artist. Then why didn't you tell me? What for? You know it. <laughs> oh, that's right. And furthermore, that compliment I paid you had nothing to do with the Christmas present. That's a lie. It is not. Then take a no. All right. May I almost drop dead if I'm lying. <laughs> that's fine, Phil. I'm going to nearly give you a present. <laughs> well, practically, thanks. Let me tell you something, Phil. The way you've been acting this past year and your general attitude toward me, I wouldn't spend over 50 cents on a gift for you. You wouldn't spend over 50 cents on New Year's Eve. Why, I would, too. <laughs> You'd have to get cockeyed first. Well, a little anesthetic helps. Anyway, I'm too smart to be fooled by you guys and you and your false compliments. Yeah. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way. Da, 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 da. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, honey bunch. <laughs> Honey bunch uh, Well, I suppose I'm a swell guy You're glad to see me And I look like a million dollars You took the words right out of my hint <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I see Why don't you ask me for a kiss now? Go ahead, it's near Christmas You ask me for a kiss And I'll turn you down so fast It'll make your head swim That's more than your kiss would do <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know I'm not so bad How about the other night in the Trocadero When the lights went out? Was that you? Yes. Then I apologize. <laughs> oh, you apologize. Well, you wouldn't any other time. Why is it that you and Phil and Don are always so sweet to me right before Christmas and so nasty the day after? Look at the presents you give us. <laughs> well, what am I supposed to do? Spend a fortune on gifts for this bunch? No, but you're not supposed to win them on a punch board. <laughs> a punch board? Yes. Say, if I can pick up a star sapphire for a quarter, I'm going to do it. <laughs> anyway, I like a little action when I spend money. I like to gamble. You like to gamble. You know I do. 
Didn't I try to make a bet with you on the Rose Bowl game? I'll say you tried. Well, why didn't you take him up, Phil? He only wanted California and 87 points. <laughs> I did not. Mary was standing right there with me in front of the Brown Derby when I suggested the bet. What did I say, Mary? I don't know. I was flirting with a sailor. <laughs> it's a fine thing, a girl like you standing on the street flirting with a sailor. You didn't even know his name. I did, too. What was it? S.S. Wyoming. <laughs> Oh, well, you must have seen it someplace. Anyway, Phil, if you still want that bet, if you still want that bet, you can have it. Go on, I only bet with gamblers. Oh, I suppose I'm not. Well, around O'Farrell's pool room in Waukegan, I was known as Nick the Greek. <laughs> yes, sir. Is that true, Jack? Why, Don, I used to bet 10, 15 cents on the turn of a card. And if I lost, Ishkabibble. <laughs> You can't help yourself, Don. I'm a gambler, and it's in my blood. Some gambler. He plays a slot machine with an axe. <laughs> I do, huh? And to hear this gang talk, you think I was a regular miser. I'm not afraid to part with my money. Then why do you keep a police dog in your pocketbook? A police dog? Now, that's just trying to be funny, that's all. I'll show you. Now, look, folks. Here's my pocketbook. You can see for yourself. Is there a police dog in it? I've been framed! Doodle, played by Phil Harris and his Ork. Ork? Yes, we've got a long program tonight, Mary, so I'm abbreviating. <laughs> anyway, it was very good, Phil. I thought that number was terrific. Really, coloss. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's the idea, Phil. You saved us half a sec there. <laughs> Didn't he, Mary? Oh, but death. Well, Livy, that's co-oping. <laughs> Jack, is our program really so long tonight? I'm afraid it is, Don. I see. Ladies and gents, when you're out shopping for an economic dessert, go to your knave gross and consider jello. 
Very good, Don. Very good. It comes in six delish flavors, straw, rasp, chair, or lamb and love. Lamb? <laughs> he forgot Abner. Quiet. So remember, folks, none is gin without the big red lets on the B. That was swell, Don. Let's give him a hand, fellas. That's enough. Well, we must have saved about an hour and a half there. And now, folks, for our feature attraction of the evening and dramatic highlight, Kenny Baker will walk in late as usual. I'm not late. I was sitting here all the time. You were? Then why didn't you speak up? Because I didn't feel like it, that's why. What's the matter with you, Kenny? You're still fighting with your girl? Yes. Darn that love life of mine. <laughs> well, it's interfering with your work, and I won't put up with it. Now what happened? Oh, I went over to her house last night, and when I got there, I found another fellow sitting on the sofa with her, and she said it was her brother. Well? And she was kissing him. Well, that's no crime. A girl can kiss her brother, can't she? Not like that. <laughs> well, Kenny, she's got another fellow. Maybe your technique is wrong. Don't you ever bring her a present or anything? Oh, sure. Every time I go to see her, I bring a package of gum. I oh. give her two sticks, and I take two sticks. Then what? We chew like the dickens. <laughs> well, that must be exciting. Uh... I'll bet when the flavor's gone, he goes home. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine him sitting there, each chewing two sticks of gum. What happens to the extra stick, Kenny? The other guy gets that. <laughs> well, you're too generous. I'll tell you what you do, Kenny. Why don't you buy her a nice gift for Christmas, you know? Something she can use, like perfume or stockings. Stockings? Yeah. Gee, I'd be ashamed to ask for those. Oh. <laughs> if you're afraid, Kenny, I'll buy them for you. No, I'll buy them. It might be a thrill. <laughs> Sure it will, Kenny. You'll get a kick out of it. And now, folks, now that Kenny feels better, he's going to sing one of the... Uh... Pardon me. Come in. Special delivery for Jake Benny. <laughs> right here, boy, and my name is Jack. Glad to know you. Mine's Harry. <laughs> Harry, that's a fine name with that bald head of yours. You should see my chest. <laughs> well, button your shirt and give me that letter. Hey, you are. Goodbye. from, Jack? Wait a minute. It's from, uh... Hey, Mary, this letter's for you. It came in care of me. Uh, let's have it. Oh, Jack, it's from my mother. You haven't opened it yet. How do you know? She makes her own postage stamp. Oh. <laughs> well, let's hear what the old comedian has to say. <laughs> Read it, Mary. I think your mother's arrived. Yeah, go ahead. We haven't got all night. Okay. Uh, Plainfield, New Jersey, December 10th. My dear daughter, Mary, I haven't written you in some time as I've been busy preparing for the holidays. I received your letter, and thanks very much for the check. It would have come in handy, but the landlord grabbed it on the first bounce. Well, huh? uh, Right now, we're having a siege of zero weather here in Plainfield. It has been so cold the last two weeks, your father hasn't taken a bath since June. June? My, my. Last Monday was the coldest day of the year. It was so bad, we had to milk the cow with an ice pick. Boy, that is cold. <laughs> uh, your Uncle Julius... <laughs> what is it, Mary? Oh, 
Dax, this is a stream. Your Uncle Julius was showing off yesterday. <laughs> well, go on, Mary, read it. Your Uncle Julius was showing off yesterday and went outdoors without his earmuffs. Yes. So today he's going out without his ears. <laughs> well, it serves him right. Uh, this caused a lot of trouble, as now we have to glue his glasses on. <laughs> I bet he looks funny at that, huh? Uh, your cousin Otto was visiting us over the holidays, and he still walks in his sleep. So for Christmas, we are giving him pajamas with a cane to match. Oh, well, that was thoughtful, I think. Uh, tell Jack we bought him a beautiful Christmas present, too. Well? We are sending a COD, as Jack always likes to know what things cost. <laughs> I hope it's something cheap. Must close now, so Merry Christmas to you, Don, Phil, Kenny, and Nick the Greek. As usual, your mother. As usual. Mm. Well, that was all right, Mama. Still up to par there. No, well, say, Jack. Yes, Don? It's getting rather late. Now, what kind of a play are we going to do tonight? Oh, we won't have time for that, Don. Besides, I've got to get all my Christmas shopping done. I've been putting it off and off, and today I'm going to do it. There goes eight dollars. <laughs> I wish that was all. Don, announce Kenny's song and give him a good build-up, will you? Sure, I'll handle it. Uh, can I go with you, Jack? I got a lot of shopping to do, too. Okay, come along, Mary. So long, fellas. Goodbye, everybody. Are you ready for your song, Kenny? All set. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Kenny Baker, the tenor of the Jell-O show, will sing Am I in Love from Mr. Dodd Takes the Air, accompanied by Phil Harris and his Jell-O Orchestra, which comes to you through the courtesy of Jell-O. Boy, what a break. Sing it, Kenny. <laughs> tingle every time we meet My heart goes pitter-patter Then seems to miss a beat I've been writing and reciting poetry all day What can it be If you ask me I really couldn't Makes a tiger tender as a dove. There must be something wrong with me, I know. For I'm behaving like a raving Romeo. Am I in love? Am I the victim of a magic of the moonlight? And a million stars above Am I in love? I only wish I knew But if I am Oh. 
was Am I in Love, sung by Kenny Baker. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we take you to one of Hollywood's biggest department stores, where we find... Gee, this store is crowded, everybody pushing and shoving. Here, give me your hand, Mary. Let go of me. My name's Tilly. <laughs> oh, pardon me, lady. Mary, Mary, where are you? Over here in Men's Garter. Well, take them off and stick to me. <laughs> Now, let's see. What's first on my list? Uh, four shirts, six handkerchiefs, three pair of socks, two hand towels. Oh, darn it, this is my laundry list. <laughs> I sent some stuff out this morning. I thought you did your own. I was too busy this week. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I know what I want. Now, let me see. First, I want to get a little gold-plated keychain for Phil. Yeah, there's something he doesn't need. He does, too. He always carries a lot of keys in his pockets. That guy knows more doors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's the counter right over here. Oh, yes. Uh, pardon me, sir. I'd like to buy a chain. Dog, watch, or daisy? <laughs> Look, and I want, I want a key chain, you know, for keys. How about a nice fountain pen? I don't want a fountain pen. I want a chain. How can you write a letter with a chain? Now, look, young man, I don't want to write a letter. Oh, you don't, eh? No. Guys like you that cause all the trouble in this country. <laughs> what trouble? Now, wait a minute. Do you want to sell me a chain or not? I wouldn't sell you a chain if you were an elk's tooth. <laughs> oh, come on, Mary. Let's go. Why don't you take the fountain pen, Jack? Phil could lead the orchestra with it. All right, how much is that fountain pen? Four dollars. All right, here you are. Wrap it up, and I haven't got all day. Okay. Fresh guy. Hey, what's the idea of wrapping that pen in a blotter? It leaks a little. <laughs> Four dollars for a leaky pen. I ought to have you fired. You can't do it. Why not? I don't work here. <laughs> it's a fine store. Uh, let's go to the toy department, Jack. I want to get some dolls for a couple of kids I know. Yeah, I wonder where it is. Wait here, Mary. I'll ask the floor walker. Uh, pardon me, sir. Could you direct me to the toy department? The toy department? Yes. You take the elevator Where's and... the perfume counter, please? Uh, two aisles to the right, madame, and straight ahead. Now, what was it you wanted? Uh, the toy department. Oh, please. yes. The toy department. You take the elevator Excuse and... me. Where do I get Christmas cards? A third floor, center aisle. Thank you. Now, let's see. You wanted... Uh... The toy department, please. Oh, yes. Excuse me. You take the elevator... Oh, Paul Walker, have you seen my little boy? Madam, I've seen thousands of little boys. Well, that's not the one. Goodbye. <laughs> now, look, mister... Oh, pardon me. You wanted lampshades, didn't you? No, I wanted toys. The toy department. Oh, of course. Now, you take the elevator... I've taken it three times already. <laughs> my goodness. Well, don't get huffy about it. I'm not getting huffy, and I don't want any back talk. Got a good mind to report you. What's your name? Woo-woo Smith. <laughs> oh. Hey, Jack, I found out where it is. It's on the fourth floor. Okay, Mary, let's take the elevator. You, now, stay close to me. Oh, Jack, look. There's uh, Kenny over by the lady's hosiery counter. Oh, he finally did it. Where? Oh, yeah. Look at him blushing. Let's sneak over, huh? Now, young man, for the tenth time, what do you want? Well, I... Oh, you laugh. Oh, come on now, please. I'm very busy. All right, I want a pair of stockings. What kind? For legs. <laughs> oh, hello, Kenny. Oh, hello, Jack. Boy, what I've just gone through. 
Well, come along with us. We're going up to the toy department. You can get the stockings later. Okay. Now, here's the elevator, Jack. Yeah. Going up? Watch your step, please. Let's get in quick. It's awfully crowded. Here. Hey, you, stop pushing. I'm not pushing, lady. I'm just trying to get in the elevator. Well, you don't have to get rough about it, you communist. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. That's all you can expect from a guy that drives a Maxwell. I'll ignore that. Oh, Kenny. Kenny. Hey, Mary, we lost Kenny. We did not. I'm standing on him. Standing on him? Yeah. Going up. Hang on to your hats. Darn a store. Second floor. Flat iron, sofa pillars, submarines, aspen tablets, and horseradish. Going up. Say, boy, this elevator's awfully crowded, isn't it? You should it? see it on bank night. <laughs> it sure is packed. Breathe in, Jack, so I can breathe out. Quiet. Third floor, stuffed furniture, stuffed aisles, stuffed celery, and stuffed. <laughs> stuffed? Next stop, Albuquerque. <laughs> What is this, a train? I think so. I got a cinder in my eye. That's my heel. Fourth floor, darning needles, knitting needles, hypodermic needles, and needles, California. Aren't the toys on this floor? It must be. This is the end of the line. Come on, Mary and Kenny. Going down all aboard. <laughs> Mary, get away from those tracks. Now, let's see. Where are the toys? Uh, there's a floor walker. Ask him. Oh, yeah. Excuse me, sir. Where's the doll department? The doll department? Yes. You won't tell anybody, will you? No. You can trust me. <laughs> the third aisle to the left. Center section. Look for the lady in black. <laughs> gee, everybody's nuts around here, huh? Yes, ma'am. We're looking for something in dolls. Oh, we have a lovely assortment. Now, here's an original Shirley Temple doll. Oh, gee, that's cute, Jack. Yeah. When you lay it down, here's what happens. Oh, isn't that marvelous? Oh, she says the same thing every time. What do you want from a doll? A Gettysburg address? <laughs> that isn't what I want anyway. Uh, look, Jack, here's a nice one. Popeye the Sailor. That's Popeye. Popeye. <laughs> If you're looking for a novelty, here's something brand new this year. An Andy Devine doll. An Andy Devine doll? Gee, Mary, it does look like Andy. Curly hair, big smile. Baggy pants and everything. Yeah. <laughs> How does it work, miss? Well, you wind it up like this and he talks. Listen. Hiya, Buck. Hiya, Buck. Hiya, Buck. Hiya, Buck. Oh, isn't he cute, Mary? Hiya, Buck. Hiya, Buck. <laughs> Oh, it's all run down. Light it up again, Mary. <laughs> that tickles. <laughs> hey, Kenny, have you seen this doll at talk? It does. Yeah. Hiya, Buck. Hiya, Buck. Hiya, Buck. Hiya, Buck. Hello, Andy. Hiya, Kenny. Hiya, Kenny. Hiya, Kenny. Hiya, Kenny. <laughs> well, that's the most marvelous thing I've ever seen. I'll take this one, miss. Oh, Jack, look at Santa Claus over there sitting in that sleigh. Gee, all dressed up in red. Let's go over and see him. He looks so fat and jolly. Come on, we'll talk to him, huh? <laughs> this ought to be fun. Gee, I'm scared. Funny, I feel just like a kid again. Go ahead, talk to him, Jack. Oh, I don't want him. He might ask me if I've been a good boy. <laughs> huh? Oh, go on, Jack. All right. Hello, Sandy Claus. Hello. 
Stranger. Quiet, I'm Chris Kringle now. Well, tell me, Slip, how do you happen to be Sandy Claus? I don't know. I came in here to buy a suit and they sold me a red one. Well, Slip, it is kind of loud there. I feel like a stoplight. <laughs> well, Mary, tell Santa Claus. What do you want for Christmas, eh? Well, can you put a mink coat in my stocking? Why, certainly. Boy, you are Santa Claus. So am I, and you know it. <laughs> Kenny, tell Santa Claus what you want. Oh, I'm too big for that stuff. Ah, speak up, Kenny boy. What would you like to find in your stockings Christmas morning? Me. My feet are cold. <laughs> oh, you're too practical there. Hello, Mr. Benny. Hello, little boy. Look, look, Santa Claus is my papa. He is? Sure. Hey, Santa Claus, ain't you my papa? Go home, Pink, if you're spoiling the illusion. <laughs> So that's your little boy. Well, tell me, Schlepp, what does your wife think of you being Santa Claus? My, my, Jackie, she's overdoing it. Every night when I come home for supper, she feeds me reindeer. Reindeer for supper? How do you like it? Fine, but the horns give me indigestion. Well, we got to be running along. Say goodbye to Santa Claus. Goodbye, Goodbye, Sandy. Goodbye, kiddies. Hey, Schlepp, when am I going to see you again? Well, I'll tell you, Jack. I'll be coming down your chimneys when I come. I'll be coming down your chimney when I come. You'll be coming down my chimney. He'll be coming down your chimney. I'll be coming down when smoke gets in my eyes. He'll, He'll be coming, coming down, down the chimney, chimney when he... Can't you hear me calling when the snow is gently falling? He'll be coming down the chimney when he... I would like a cup of tea with a banjo on my knee. He'll be coming down the chimney. He'll be coming down the chimney. I'll be coming down the chimney when I... Chimney, 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 chimney. Figaro, 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 This is the time of the year when all the family will soon be home. And here's a grand dessert that all the family will love. The name of it is Apple Lime Whip. And you like it especially because it's delicious fruit dessert that's always seasonal. Here's how you make it. Dissolve one package of lime jello in a pint of hot water. Chill until cold and syrupy. Then place in a bowl of cracked ice and whip with a rotary egg beater until it's deliciously fluffy. Fold in one cup of applesauce and turn into a mold. When it's chilled firm and ready to serve, you'll be delighted with apple lime whip. For whipped lime jello has a grand and luscious color, a lovely creamy green, and molded with applesauce, it makes a wonderful flavor combination. Smooth, rich, and delicious. Try this brand new dessert tomorrow, but just be sure you make it with the one and only genuine jello. We're a little late, so good night, folks. from the star of the picture, Mary Ground of 1938. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. 
Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1947-1948 season. We've got a really fun show for you tonight. It's a continuation of last week's episode in which Jack was playing football with the the Beverly Hills Beavers. I don't think they were called Beverly Hills Beavers yet, but they were the forerunners of that. And this episode is going to follow up out after he sprained his ankle what goes on with Jack and the gang. It's almost... Um, some of the episodes are almost like Seinfeld episodes in which they're about almost nothing. Uh, and of course, uh, Seinfeld made a big production about his show being about nothing. Um, they had a whole arc about that on the Seinfeld show. And of course, Jerry Seinfeld is a huge Jack Benny fan. Uh, I still remember the interview with him in our local paper in which, uh, he was giving kind of the, the, um, person writing the article kind of um, said that the interview was kind of going kind of south and kind of uh, boring in that Jerry had done so many interviews and then uh, they started talking about Jack Benny and all of a sudden Jerry Seinfeld perked right up and had to show him his cufflinks that were have Jack on one and Benny on the other cufflink um, and one of my listeners uh, emailed me a picture of the, of the cufflinks that she had gotten that were Jack Benny cufflinks as well, which is pretty cool. Um, anyway, uh, just it's neat to hear somebody, a, a modern comedian, that is so much into Jack Benny. And of course, uh, Seinfeld, we've talked about it before, how similar it is to the Jack Benny show. You can draw direct parallels to certain characters across, uh, but we can do that some other time. Anyway, I hope you enjoy tonight's episode about a little bit of nothing, but a very entertaining episode. And uh, we'll see you next time. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. Quality of product is essential to continuing success. An outstanding example, Lucky Strike. In a cigarette, it's the tobacco that counts. And today, tomorrow, always, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. American. Lucky Strike presents The Man Who Knows. Mr. Brian Williams, veteran tobacco auctioneer of Paris, Kentucky, said recently, Season after season, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy tobacco that just can't be beat for real smoking quality. Yes, sir, it's ripe and mild. I've smoked Lucky's myself for 16 years. Year after year, independent tobacco experts like Mr. Williams can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. Remember, LSMFT... L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And fine tobacco means real, deep-down smoking enjoyment for you. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. Yes, next time you buy cigarettes, ask for Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Barry Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, last week Jack Benny sprained his ankle while playing football with some of the neighborhood kids. He's been confined to his bed all week, and his friends are quite concerned about it. Let's drop in on two of them. Hello, 
say, Emily. What is it, Martha? Did you hear about Jack Benny spraining his ankle? Yes, I read about it in the paper. Oh, the poor man. I hope it doesn't interfere with his dancing. He turkey trots divinely. <laughs> Why, Martha, did you ever dance with Mr. Benny? No, but I saw him one night last month when I was cigarette girl at the Palladium. <laughs> He called me over and bought a package of Lucky Strikes from me. Really? And while I was giving him his change, his hand touched mine. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Then what happened? Oh, I don't know. When I came to, I was in the ladies' powder room. <laughs> oh, Martha, you're just making a fool of yourself over Jack Benny. I am not. You are, too. You even went to see the horn blows at midnight. Well, that was the only place I could be alone with him. <laughs> Emily, have you ever noticed his eyes in a technicolor picture? His eyes? Yes. They look like the reflection of the evening sky in two limpid woodland pools. <laughs> Martha, stop talking about him like that. You'll blow the fuse on your hearing aid. Well, I don't care. You know, I sent him flowers this morning. Gee, I wonder if he received them. How about another pillow, boss? No, I've got enough pillows. But, gee, I wish the bed was a little softer. Shall I empty the mattress? No. You better do that tomorrow morning. The banks are closed today. Yes, sir. Uh, where would you like me to put these flowers? Over there on the table. You know, I can't figure out who sent them. Let me see that card again, Rochester. Here you are. To Jack Benny from someone who admires you tremendously. I wonder who... Well, you know, boss, Lana Turner ain't going with Tyrone Power anymore. <laughs> Say, maybe... No, no, he wouldn't send them to me. <laughs> Rochester, hand me that mirror. I want to see if I need a shave. Here you are. Let's see. No, oh, I guess I can get by without shaving. Gee. Mr. Benny, why do you keep staring in the mirror? Rochester... Do my eyes look like the reflection of the evening sky in two limpid woodland pools? Uh-huh. It's a shame you have to close them at night. Yeah, me in the morning glory. By the way, boss, do you want me to fill out that form for your accident insurance? I don't know. Do you think they'd pay off on a sprained ankle? Why not? You collected for that ingrown toenail. <laughs> Yes, that's right. Well, Rochester, take the pen and start filling out the insurance form. Yes, sir. You can answer most of the questions yourself. Okay. Full name, Jack Benny. Address, 360 North Camden Drive. Occupation, radio comedian. Age, 38. <laughs> that's my boy who said that. <laughs> Weight, 165 pounds. Height, 5 feet 10. Color of eyes, reflection of the evening just, sky. <laughs> just put down blue. This is a business transaction. Yes, sir. Yeah, you better answer this next question, boss. Describe how accident occurred. 
Hmm, write this down. During the excitement of a football game, I was viciously tackled, thrown to the ground, and knocked unconscious. Name the description of person causing injury to you. Stephen Kent, nine years old. <laughs> Say, boss, ain't that gonna be sort of embarrassing? Yes, you, you better make it 12 years old. <laughs> Nature of injury, severe sprain to the left ankle, and... Rochester, see who's at the door. We'll finish this later. Yes, sir. Let's see. To Jack Benny from someone who admires you tremendously. Might be Hetty Lamar or Ann Sheridan or Paulette or Betty Grable or... Gee, I better take off some of these blankets. It's getting kind of warm. might even... Oh, hello, Don. Oh, hello, Jack. Rochester told me to come right in. I came over just as soon as I heard about your accident. Well, I was nice of you, Don. And, Jack, I brought you this basket of fruit. Thought you might enjoy it. Gee, what a lovely-looking basket. Fruit, nuts, and everything. Look at those fruit there. Set it right over there on the table. Okay. Mind if I have an apple? No, 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 not at all. How'd the accident happen, Jack? Oh, it's really silly. I was playing football with some kids, and I tripped and fell. You know, Jack, I was quite a football player during my college days. You were, Dad? Yes, sir. Did you ever hear of the famous seven blocks of granite? Yes. Well, I was known as the seven barrels of blubber. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just ad-lib that to cheer you up a little. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, thanks. You're welcome. Mind if I have a banana? No, no, no. Go right ahead. Well, seriously, Jack, I was pretty terrific as a football player. What'd you say, Don? I'll never forget my last college game back in 1927. With only one minute to go, I scored a touchdown on the hidden ball play by slipping the ball under my jersey. Well, Don, that was 20 years ago. You can take it out now. By the way, Don, uh, how are things at the studio? How'd the rehearsal go? Oh, everything went fine, Jack. Good, good. Would it be all right if I have an orange? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Go right ahead. Rochester, answer the phone, please. Yes, sir. Hello? Hello, Rochester. This is Professor LeBlanc, Monsieur Benny's violin teacher. Oh, yes. I just heard the good news. No, no, Professor. It's his ankle, not his arm. Sacre bleu. <laughs> Who was that on the phone, Rochester? Professor LeBlanc. Oh. Say, Jack, was that your violin teacher? Yes. Mind if I have another banana? No, no, no. Go right ahead. You know, Jack, I was just thinking... Don, Don, wouldn't they taste better if you peeled them first? (laughs) Huh? I don't know. I've never tried them that way. Well, you should. You know, they're... Oh, hello, Dennis. I was hoping you'd come over. I wanted to ask you... Oh, hello, Mr. Benny. Hello. Say, Dennis, I was hoping you'd come over. I wanted to ask you about... How do you feel? Pretty good. Dennis, I was hoping you'd come over. I wanted to ask you... How's your ankle? Not bad, not bad. Dennis, I was hoping... Hello, Don. Why, hello, Dennis. (laughs) See, these grapes are good. Grapes? Don, when did you start the grapes? After I finished the tangerines. (laughs) Tangerines? How can a man... Hey, Don, come to the window. I want to show you something. Look, look what I bought this morning. See it there against the curb? Well, a bicycle built for two. Say, who's that sitting on the front seat? My chauffeur. Your chauffeur? I got two shows, you know. 
I know, I know. Say, Dennis, look at this. I brought it over to cheer up Mr. Benny. Gee, what a beautiful basket. Yeah, you should have seen it when there was fruit in it. <laughs> Say, Mr. Benny, I brought you something, too. Here. Oh, thanks, kid. Thanks. But, uh, uh what is it? It's, it's just a plain stick. Oh, it was a popsicle, but it melted on the way over. <laughs> oh. And I had a gift wrapped, too. Well, anyway, Dennis, you meant well. Oh, yeah. by the way, Don, I'd like you to drop by my house if you can. We have our Christmas tree up already, and I want you to see it. Oh, sure, I'd love to, Dennis. How do I get to your house? Well, drive over to Wilshire Boulevard and follow the pink line down the middle of the street. The pink line? That popsicle was raspberry. <laughs> Say, Mr. Benny, I've been rehearsing the song I'm going to sing on the program. Would you like to hear it? Oh, what's the name of it? So far. Oh, sure, Dennis, sure. Go ahead. Jack, do you mind if I have one of these walnuts? No, no, Don, go ahead. I'm glad you didn't bring me candy. I'm on a diet. Go ahead and sing, kid, will you? Okay. wonderful song, and it sounded great. Thanks, Mr. Benny. Don, not so loud with those walnuts, you know? It makes me nervous. Oh, I'm sorry, Jack. Anyway, you're liable to... Who's there? Somebody at the door? I'll get it! Say, Mr. Benny, how long do you think you'll have to stay in bed with your sprained ankle? 
I don't know, but I've got to be up Thursday because I'm going to be a guest on the Dick Haynes show. Dick Haynes? Who's he? <laughs> Who's he? Dick Haynes is a great singer. That's who he is. How many shows has he got? <laughs> One. Ha! Dennis, what are you ha ha about? Everybody doesn't have Mr. to have... Mr. Benny! It's right here, sonny. Hello, Mr. Benny. Oh, hello, Stevie. It's nice of you to drop in. Gee, I'm sure sorry I tackled you so hard that you hurt your ankle. Well, don't worry about it, Stevie. It's all in the game. Say, Stevie, this is Don Wilson and Dennis Day. Hi. Hello, Stevie. Hello. Mr. Benny, yeah. the boys in our club were sorry you got hurt, so we chipped in and bought you this. Oh, gee, my favorite magazine, True Confession. <laughs> Thanks, Stevie. Say, uh, Stevie, I understand that you and the kids in the neighborhood have a pretty good football team. Yeah, we have uniforms and everything. How many footballs have you got? One. Ha! <laughs> Dennis, be quiet. You know, Jack, I think it's wonderful the way the kids in the neighborhood all get together and play football and everything. Not only that, Don, these kids have even formed a club. They pay dues, you know. They've already saved up $8.65. How do you know? Mr. Benny's the treasurer. <laughs> yes, they wanted me to run for president, but I don't see more visitors today. Rochester, see who's at the door, will you please? Yes, sir. Hello, Rochester. How's Mr. Benny? Oh, he's getting along fine, Miss Livingston. You know, he's in a pretty good shape for a man of 38. 38? Rochester, Mr. Benny is 53. Well, then, how come when he made out his income tax, he put down his age as 38? The government lets him withhold 20%. <laughs> Rochester, who is it? It's me, Jack. Well, Mary. Mary, sure good to see you. Hello, Jack. How are you doing? Hello, Mary. Hello, Dennis. Ha! <laughs> He thinks he's better than you are because you've only got one head. <laughs> what? Oh, nothing, nothing. How's your ankle? Well, I can't walk on it yet. Say, Mary, did you bring me a present or anything? Yes, Jack, I left it in the living room. Should I bring it in? What is it? A rubber duck. You broke yours last week. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, it was nice of you to think of me. By the way, how are things in Palm Springs? Oh, I had a wonderful time, Jack. And just before I left, I got this letter from Mama. Oh, a letter from your mother, eh? Well, what does the Martha Graham of Plainfield have to say? <laughs> I'll read it to you. <coughs> Don, don't throw the shells in my bed. <laughs> Go ahead, Mary, read the letter. Okay. My darling daughter, Mary, I hate to start this letter with bad news. I thought your father was on the wagon. But last week, he lost his job as Santa Claus in the local department store. It seems he breathes on a couple of kids and their hair turned gray. I knew he could do it. <laughs> However, I am happy to say that your sister, babe, is engaged again. This yeah. time to a very nice man. 
He's working at the Acme Iron Company as a steam fitter. A steam fitter, huh? Babe had to quit working as the foreman won't allow man and wife on the same job. Yeah, that's a shame after she bought that new set of wrenches, too. <laughs> when Babe left the Acme Iron Company, they gave her a bonus, and she's using the money to have her teeth straightened. Well, babe's teeth do protrude a little, you know. Remember... <laughs> remember the last time she almost got married? When the minister said, do you take this man to be your lawful wedded husband, Babe smiled, said I do, and ripped her veil to shreds. <laughs> oh, yes, I felt so sorry for with those big holes in her veil the flies got in. <laughs> they invited me to go with them to Niagara Falls on their honeymoon, but it was too expensive for three people. So Babe and I are going alone. <laughs> Mary, it's none of my business, but why doesn't your mother stay home? She has an answer to that. Oh. The reason I'm so anxious to go back to Niagara Falls is because it will bring back those wonderful memories of 1912. Just think, no other woman has gone over in a barrel since then. <laughs> Not only that, your mother did it while the beer was still in it. <laughs> no other news, so we'll close now. Your loving mother, Jersey Joe Livingston. Jersey Joe Livingston. Your mother sure reaches for those gags. Oh, wait a minute. Here's the P.S. Oh, fine. Uh, your sister, babe, just came in crying her eyes out and said the wedding is off. What? Her boyfriend came over and handed her a note that said, We disaffiliate. No. It must be the real thing because it was written in coal dust. Gee, that's a shame. One thing about your mother's letters, they're always so interesting and... Don, please. Say, Dennis, Dennis, hand me that ashtray, will you? Okay, but Don, put some walnut shells in it. Well, empty it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Wait a minute, Jack. What are you doing with the ashtray? Well, I'm putting out my cigarette. I'm, I'm finished with it. But, Jack, it's a lucky strike, and there's almost half of it left. Well, I'll light another one later. Say, Mary, do you think that... Don, Don, what are you staring at? I was just thinking of that lucky strike lying there in the ashtray. What? You know, Jack, if that unfinished cigarette could think, if it could only talk, I know just what it would say. Oh, Don, please. Quiet, Jack, quiet. I can hear it now. What? All of me. Why not smoke all of me? I'm lonesome without you Pick me up Don't let me lay there Another puff Don't let me stay there Can't you see What your lips mean to me Grab me quick While I am still burning You that once was my heart So why not smoke all of me L-S-M-F-T
Jack, wasn't that beautiful? Beautiful? I didn't hear anything. And, Tom, why are there tears in your eyes? I caught my finger in the nutcracker. <laughs> good, good. Gee, I sure wish I could get out of this bed. I'm so uncomfortable. Well, Jack, you've been lying in the same spot all week. Why don't you turn around and put your head at the foot of the bed for change? That's a good idea. Help me turn around, will you? I'll help you, Jack. Thanks, Tom. Ooh. Ooh, be careful of my foot. Be careful of my sprained ankle. There. There, I'm all right now. Thanks. You're right, Mary. It is more comfortable with my head at this end of the bed. The doctor's here, Mr. Billy. The doctor sent him right in. How do you do? <laughs> now, I'm Dr. Nelson. Somebody called me. I did. It's about Mr. Billy's sprained ankle. Oh, well, I'll examine that at once. Say, this does look bad. Look how swollen it is. My, what an ugly-looking mess. <laughs> doctor, you're looking at my head. My feet are at the other end. Yes, yes. That's your nose. I thought you had a high instep. Well, how, how does my ankle look, Doctor? I don't know yet. Pull up your nighty. <laughs> okay. I'll leave the room. You don't have to, Mary. I'm wearing pajamas underneath. Now, Doctor, uh, examine my ankle. In just a moment while I remove your sock. There. This little piggy went to market. This little piggy stayed home. This little Doctor, piggy had... cut that off! <laughs> Just examine my ankle. Yes, sir. Hiya, Jackson. Hello, fellas. Hey, what do you say, Livy? Hello, Phil. Hey, how do you feel, Jackson? How's the envelope? I'm all right. Oh, Jack, look what Phil brought you. What? Why, Phil, you sentimental son of a gun. Thanks for the flowers. These ain't for you. I thought you had a nurse. Oh, <laughs> I'll be darned. Here I am laid up in bed, and he brings flowers for the nurse. Well, ain't you got one? No, if I did have a nurse, how would you know what she looked like? Look, Jackson, what have I got to lose? If the dame's pretty, I give her the flowers. If she's really homely, Don can eat them. <laughs> well, you've certainly got that figured out. Hey, well, since you ain't got no nurse, Jackson, I think I'll give the flowers to Livy. Hey, here you are, Livy. Well, thank you. Wait a minute, Mary. I want this room to look nice. Put the flowers in the vase. Jack, Phil gave them to me, and I'm going to take them home. You are not. I'm the one who's laid up, so give me those flowers. Okay, okay, here. After all, it's my house, you know, and I... Ouch! Doctor, what did you do to my foot? I bit you, you mean old man! Out of this, it's none of your business. <laughs> come on, come on, everybody, let's get the party started. Phil, put down that bottle that's to rub on my back. <laughs> huh? Can't you see what it says on the label? For external use only. You're supposed to rub it in your skin. Rub it in my skin? Yes. That sounds like a slow way, but with New Year's <laughs> Eve three weeks off, maybe I can make it. <laughs> If you rub hard, yeah. Hey, look, Jackson, I gotta run along. I gotta go down to the pool room, rehearse my own show. Phil, you rehearse your show in the pool room? Sure, that way I can always pick up my cue. <laughs> Phil. Oh, Harris, you may not be the prettiest kid that I Phil. ever saw, but Phil, on second thought, don't rub it in. Drink it. 
Hey, thanks. So long, Jackson. So long. And now, Mr. Benny, I've got your ankle all taped up, and I'd suggest that you get some rest. Some rest? Okay, doctor. Goodbye, Mr. Benny. I'll see you later. Ha! <laughs> so long, Dennis. I'll run along, too, Jack. Okay. I'm sorry I got so mad about the flowers. Ah, oh, that's all right. Then give me a kiss to show me you're not mad. Okay. Pucker up your lips. Mm-hmm. A little more. Mm-hmm. A little more. Mm-hmm. Now, here's your rubber duck. Blow it up. <laughs> fault for being such a mean old man. Gee, my toe hurts. Well, I'll run along too, Mr. Benny, and remember what I said. Get some sleep. I will, I will. Would you like me to leave you a sleeping pill? No, no, I'll just tune into Fred Allen. <laughs> it's quicker that way. <laughs> Goodbye, Doctor. Goodbye. Oh, Rochester! Rochester! Yes, sir! Look, I'm gonna try to get a little sleep. I wish you'd read that book to me. That might help. You know, the one you the one you started yesterday. Oh, yes. Let me see. Where is it? Here it is right here. Let's see. Where were we? Oh, yes. In this town, there lived a farmer who was disliked by all of his neighbors because he was so greedy. And one day he walked out to the barn and found that his goose had laid a golden egg. Gee. The next day, the farmer went out to the barn and found that his goose had laid another golden egg. Gosh. And then the third day, another golden egg. Oh, boy. On the fourth day, the goose Rochester, laid... Rochester, read something else. I'll never go to sleep. That's too exciting. <laughs> find, find another story, will you? Okay, here's one. Once upon a time, in a great big forest, there lived three bears. A mama bear, a papa bear, and a little baby bear. These three bears had a house in the woods. And in their house, there was three beds. A mama bear, a papa bear, and a little, little baby bear. Jack will be back in just a minute, but first... Quality of product is essential to continuing success. And Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. L-S-M-F-T. Yes, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And fine tobacco is what counts in a cigarette. Remember what happens at the tobacco auctions? <laughs> at auction after auction, independent tobacco experts can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. Lucky Strike presents The Man Who Knows. Mr. John Phoenix, warehouse operator of Reedsville, North Carolina, said not long ago, At all the auctions I've attended, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy fine tobacco that makes a mild, mellow smoke. That's why for 28 years, I've been a Lucky Strike smoker. So for your own real, deep-down smoking enjoyment, remember... L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And Lucky Strike is the ideal gift on every Christmas list. So say Merry Christmas 200 times with a carton of 200 Lucky Strike cigarettes in their beautiful holiday wrapping. And for the specials on your list, a special handsome gift box of 500 Lucky Strike cigarettes. Each so round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. The baby bear said, someone's been eating my porridge and ate it all up. Rochester, don't read anymore. I'll try to get... Don, are you still here? Why didn't you go home? I can't. I'm sick as a dog. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
soft, shining hair. That's what every girl wants. And that's the way your hair will be when you use Fitch's new cream shampoo. Fitch's cream shampoo leaves hair dreamy soft like moonlight, shining like bright starlight. Fitch is made with two beneficial beauty aids, lanolin and olive oil. Lanolin is used to soften the hair, to give it a brand new look. Olive oil is used to bring out sparkling highlights, to leave your hair gleaming and lustrous. And Fitch's cream shampoo is easy to use. Just a small dab whips into heaps of lather to thoroughly cleanse your hair and scalp. Then, just rinse with plain water and every bubble of suds is gone. Your hair is soft and bright, gloriously right. Looks as though it had been brushed and brushed and brushed. Fitch's cream shampoo is thrifty, too. Compare the size of the jar, compare its low cost, and buy it at drug or toilet goods counters. That's Fitch's cream shampoo, made with lanolin and olive oil for softer, shinier hair. The F.W. Fitch Company, makers of Fitch Shampoo, presents the Fitch Bandwagon with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Robert North, Walter Scharf and his music, and starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. <laughs> Ten days ago, the board of directors of the Fitch Company met in their office in Des Moines, Iowa, to decide on gifts to be sent to the stockholders of the company. Now let's go back 10 days and look in on the meeting. Mr. F.W. Fitch is speaking. Gentlemen, we've decided on presents for all our stockholders except one. What are we going to get for Phil Harris? But F.W., he's only got one share of stock. Why do we have to get him anything? Oh, that's not the Christmas spirit. W.Z. Phil Harris is entitled to a present. Don't you agree, J.R.? Huh? Uh, what's that? Did somebody say something? I said we ought to send Phil Harris a Christmas present. I have a suggestion, F.W. Yeah? Why don't you send Mr. Harris a bust of you? Oh, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I couldn't do that, W.Z. It would seem awfully hammy of me. No, I couldn't give Harris a bust of me as a Christmas present. Well, I don't see why not. That's what you gave us last year. <laughs> Did I give you a bust of me last year? Last year, the year before, and the year before that. <laughs> I have 19 busts of you in my house. Really? Well, well where do you keep them, J.R.? Well, I... Oh, if I tell him, I'll get canned. Never mind, J.R., I think it's an excellent suggestion. I'll send Mr. Harris a bust of me. I'll pack it well in Excelsior but and... But uh, F.W., you said yourself it's a little hammy. Ish, kabibble. Let him call me a ham. We'll send the bust. <laughs> And now, a week later, we look into the Harris home where Phil is writing a letter for the children. Hey, look, kids. Uh, maybe you'd better write your own letter to Santa Claus. After all, you know, when uh, Santa gets a letter, it should, like, uh, should look like it was written by a kid. Well, with your spelling, he couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> Never mind, Wingy. <laughs> 
Say, girls, do we have to write to Santa Claus? Of course we do, Daddy. When we write to Santa Claus, he brings us whatever we ask for. I want a doll and a baby carriage. And I want a party dress and a new scooter. All right, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll write it down. Dear Santa, please bring us a doll, a baby carriage, a party dress, a new scooter, a pool table, and some cute chalk hold and it, a light Foster, color... Hold it, Foster, hold it, hold it, Why are you asking for a pool table? If this stuff works, I want to be in on it. <laughs> Daddy, are you sure Santa will be here this year? Certainly, honey. He never fails. On Christmas Eve, he'll land on the roof with his reindeers, slide down the chimney, and land in the fireplace, and then with a big, booming voice, he'll say... Good morning, Philip. <laughs> I should have had a fire going in that fireplace. Hello, Alice. Hello, children. Oh, oh, Philip, here's a package the postman just gave me. It's for you, and it's from Des Moines, Iowa. Say... I wonder what it is and who it's from. Well, if it's from Des Moines, it must be from the Fitch Company. And through the brown paper, I can see it's gift wrapped, so it must be a gift. And since it's only two weeks before Christmas, it must be a Christmas present. Thank you, J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> now, do you mind if I open this? Well, you can't open it till Christmas. Well, I'm just taking the outside wrapping off. Hey... Look how pretty it's gift wrapped. Look, there's a sticker on there, Phil. What does it say? Oh, wait a minute. I'll see. Season's greetings to my favorite entertainer, Phil Harris. From your pal, F.W. Fitch, maker of Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo and Fitch's new cream shampoo, the only shampoo <laughs> containing both lanolin and olive oil, <laughs> you can purchase this shampoo. Oh, what a sneaky way to get into a commercial. <laughs> He's a cute guy. He had me reading that before I realized what it said. Phil, I just thought of something. You didn't buy Mr. Fitch a Christmas present. Holy smoke, no, I forgot. Well, look, it's not too late. Now, listen, if we buy something today and send it out, then he'll get it in time. But now I want to get him something real nice. But, but what? Well, I have a suggestion, Philip. Uh, why don't you get Mr. Fitch a gift such as I received last year? I found it the most practical of my gifts, and well, now I, I just wouldn't be comfortable without one. Yeah, what is it? A flannel nightshirt with stocking cap to match. <laughs> oh, you kid. 23 skidoo and ta-ra-ra-boom-da. <laughs> well, you means well. Don't make fun of him. I know, but a nightshirt and a stocking cap. How square can a guy get? <laughs> I'll tell you what, Bill. I have some Christmas shopping to do. Why don't you meet me in about an hour at Saks Fifth Avenue and we'll look for something for Mr. Fitz. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll see a nice smoking jacket or a robe or a pair of those... Yeah, we could... Oh, wait a minute, honey. I'll answer the door. Hiya, Curly. Hi. Hello, Frankie. Hey, Frankie, guess what? Why? I just got a Christmas present from the sponsor. From the sponsor? Ain't that nice of him? You... I didn't get one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave now. Oh, hello, Frankie. How are you? I'm a little hurt. Sponsor sent Curly a present and not me. You know, I'm on the show, too. I know, but that's different, Frankie. After all, who's the star of the show? Alice. <laughs> oh, well, let me put it this way. Who's the comedian on the show? Who gets all the laughs? I do. <laughs> Let me frame it this way. Who's the brains of my radio show? Your writers. 
There must be some way asking this question so I can come out on top. I don't think so, Curly. Now look, Frankie. <laughs> Bill got the present because he's a stockholder of the company. Fine stockholder. They're holding it in trust for him. He doesn't even know how much he has. Hey! Hey, maybe the stock is in that package. I'm going to open Bill, that and see what... Bill, don't you dare open that until Christmas. I'm leaving now, and don't forget, meet me in an hour at Saks. Bye. So long, honey. Mm. Goodbye, Alice. Mm. Frankie, you don't have to kiss her, too. <laughs> now, remember, I don't want either one of you to open that package. Open a package? Oh, we wouldn't think of doing a thing like that. Of course not. Well, I hope not. Goodbye. She gone, Curly? Yeah. <laughs> Frankie, put it down. It's my package, and I'm going to open it. Well, all right, but hurry up. I'm kind of anxious to see what's... Hey, home. Got your groceries here. Oh, hello, Mr. Harris. Hi, Mr. Remley. Hi, Julius. You go away, will you, kid? We're busy. Yeah, Hey, what's in that package? A Christmas present? Yeah, something that I got from my sponsor. What's he sending you something for? Well, he's been listening to the radio shows I've been doing for him, and he sent it to me to show what he thinks of me. That's why. Gee, I can't wait. I wonder what's in this package. Is it ticking... <laughs> no Then I can't imagine <laughs> Hurry up and open it, will you, Curly? Okay, okay, there's a lot of paper on there Well, well, what is it? Gee Just what I wanted, Excelsior <laughs> That's the stuff they packed the present in Take it off and see what's under it Oh Oh, okay, I got it off. Hey, here's the present. Hey, ain't that something? Must be, but what? <laughs> here is a funny-looking thing. It almost looks like a face. Hey. <laughs> hey, it is. It's a man's head. A man's head? I better look through the package for the rest of the body. <laughs> is a peculiar-looking guy. That's the strangest face i ever seen. <laughs> Wonder who it can be. All right, hold it a minute. Hold it. There's an inscription at the base of it here. Let me see. Read it to me. It says, uh, this is a bust of F... Frankie, I just heard our option drop. <laughs> what do you mean? This is a bust of F.W. Fitch. F.W. Yeah. Handsome sort of devil, ain't it? <laughs> Some Franklin, he's the uh, rakish, debonair type. Yeah, <laughs> sort of a continental air about him. Yeah, <laughs> you know something? He's a combination of Tyrone Power, Gregory Peck, Charles Boyer. Uh, Curly, uh, Curly, let's not overdo this. For what he's paying us, he ain't that good looking. <laughs> I still think he's a funny looking geezer. <laughs> he is not. He's beautiful. Certainly he is. <laughs> Gee whiz. That's a wonderful gift <laughs> Just what I needed <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things you'd never go out and buy for yourself <laughs> So this is F.W. Fitch You know, for a guy who sells shampoo, he has funny-looking hair What do you mean, funny-looking? Well, look at it, it's yellow and coarse and dry 
Looks like a mess of shredded wheat. Julius, that's the excelsior. <laughs> hey, I think that's a very nice gift, Curly. You ought to get something nice to send to Mr. Fitch. I know that. Hey, uh, incidentally, uh, what do you think I ought to send him? Why don't you send him back his bust? <laughs> Beat it, you poor man's Roddy McDowell. Get out of here. <laughs> Go count tomatoes, you bum you. I'm always bothered with him. Every... Hey, look, Frankie, seriously. What? Now, Alice suggested that I get him something maybe like a, you know, like a nice smoking jacket. Oh, Curly, that's too corny. <laughs> Why don't you send him something personal, something he can use? Where does he live? Iowa. What's that? <laughs> oh, Frankie, don't be too stupid. Iowa's a state. It's a western state, right next to Rhode Island. <laughs> country, huh? Yes. Well, look, Curly, as long as he's living in Indian country, let's get him something practical. Let's get him a cowboy suit. <laughs> cowboy suit? Sure. Yeah. Oh, but look, Frankie, he's a businessman. So and... what? They all wear them out there. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen them on him out there. Maybe you're right. Sure. Hey, Frankie, I'll tell you, why don't you come along with me to Saks, and then you can help Alice and me pick one out. Okay, Curly, let's go. Hey, you want to know something, Frankie? What? I kind of envy Mr. Fitch living in that Indian country. You know, they take things easy out there. If your temper's getting the top hand, all you got to do is just stop and pass that peace pipe and bury that hatchet like the Choctaws, Chickasaws, Chattahoochee, Chippewas do. If you're feeling mad as a wet hand, mad as you can possibly get, then pass that peace pipe and bury that Tommy Hawk like Dota GMX, Cherokee, Shibble, Defex, too. Don't be cranky. Try to use a little restraint. Hold that hanky. And wipe off all that war paint. And if you find yourself in a fury, be your own judge and your own jury. Pass, Pass that peace pipe and bury that hatchet like the Choctaws, Chickasaws, Chattahoochee, Chippewas do. If you want to hover out west too, you will soon discover it's best to pass that peace pipe and bury that hatchet like the Cho-Cho-Chongos, Chattanooga, Chicago's do. Even in colonial days, you knew the ceremonial ways to pass that peace pipe and bury that tommyhawk like those Chiamese, Chepachecks, Chickabees too. Top man on the totem pole So if you want to be an all right guy Not a long face blues and a night guy Write that apology and dispatch it Cause when you've quarreled it's grand to patch it Pass that peace pipe and bury that hatchet Like the Choctaws, Chickasaws, Chattahoochee, Chippewas Those Chichia, Mex, Cherokee, Shibuta, Vex Those Kikunamese, Chepacheks, and Chickapees Chochos, Chongos, Chattanooga, Chikorot Frankie, huh? here's the spot where we're supposed to meet Alice right here in the men's department. But I don't see her. Do you see her anywhere? No, I don't. Hey, Curly, while we're waiting, why don't we take a look at some cowboy suits? Here in Saks? Hey, do you think they sell that kind of stuff in here? Well, sure. This is a swanky place. We can get a real nice one here. 
Let's ask that clerk over there. Hey! Hey, Carnation, come here! <laughs> Are you perchance addressing me, sir? <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, do you carry, uh, everything in menswear? Most assuredly, sir. We have all the necessary accoutrements that are requisite to the sartorial splendor of the impeccably clad. <laughs> hey, Curly, did he say something? <laughs> he must have. His mouth was moving. <laughs> Gentlemen, I merely stated that we have everything in the line of clothing a man could desire. Now, what is it you wish, please? I want a cowboy suit. Well, yippee I okay, yeah. <laughs> Look, don't get gay, Buster, huh? Come on now, just show me a... Let me see some cowboy suit. Oh, yes, of course, sir. And just what sort of cowboy suit would you like? Well, any kind, as long Quiet, as... Quiet, Tonto. I'm speaking to the Lone Ranger. <laughs> Look, bud, will you listen to me? I just want a regular cowboy suit. I see, sir. I have just the thing for you. A pair of shafts that's already bowed in one leg. <laughs> bowed in one leg? Yes. It's for cowboys who ride side saddles. <laughs> Say, can I get a straight man to wait on me? <laughs> hey, Curly, here's an outfit that looks pretty good. Of course, it's $75. So what? $75. Yeah. This is for the boss. Well, I don't care how much it costs. Money's no object now. Hey, look, I'll take it and you can uh, just charge it, bub. Very well. What's the name, please? Alice Faye. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't recognize you. You look much better in pictures, Mr. <laughs> Please, look, just have the gift wrapped, will you? And then I'll stop back for it in a few minutes. Very well, sir. It'll only take a few minutes. He wasn't very nice, though. Pretty cute, though. He's pretty clever. Hey, look, Frankie, I'll tell you what'll happen. Now, look, uh, I hope Alice ain't gonna mind that I went and picked the present out without her, but it's, it's gonna be a cute suit and... You know, she sort of had her mind set on that smoking jacket. Oh, I... there you are. What kept you so long? Oh, hello, honey. Uh, well, look, Frankie and oh, I just Phil, bought... I hope you don't mind, but while I was waiting, I bought Mr. Fitch a stunning smoking jacket. Yeah, Alice, but I was going to tell I'm you, see, that... I'm having a gift and I just know Mr. Fitch will love it. Yeah, but Alice, do you think a smoking jacket is nice enough? Oh, listen, the one I picked is beautiful, and Mr. Fitch will adore it. Now, let's go and pick it up so we can mail it. Come on, fellas, come on, let's hurry. Okay, honey, okay, go ahead. We're right in back of you. Hey, Frankie, better go back and cancel that cowboy suit. I don't want to. I like it. I think that's what we ought to send. Never mind. Now cancel the suit and go back there and take it back. No, wait a minute. What? Look, I got to get something for William for Christmas, so I'll give him the cowboy suit. <laughs> Maybe he'll take the hint and go west. <laughs> Isn't that a stunning creation on that model over there? How'd we get in the women's department? Oh, I just thought we'd stroll through in case somebody saw something he might want to buy for somebody for Christmas. <laughs> this kid's as subtle as a sailor with a six-hour pass. <laughs> Look, honey, I'll tell you what you do. Now, you go ahead and get the smoking jacket, and we'll wait here, and then we'll meet all you right, after you get all, all right, finished. Bill, okay. Bye. 
Hey, Frankie. What? Hey, Alice likes that thing on the model, so I'm going to take this opportunity and get it to her for Christmas. Now, look, you stay here and buy it, and then I'll join Alice so she doesn't suspect anything. Okay, Curly. Wait a minute. Now, wait. I want to write out a card to put in it. Okay. Yeah. There. Now, you buy it and put this card in. Okay. Shall I charge this to Alice, too? <laughs> no. I'll pay for this. I can get it from her later. <laughs> now, go ahead. Get it and put this card in. Yeah, okay, Curly. And I'll pick up the cowboy suit, too. I'll meet you back here. <laughs> Phil, here's Mr. Fitch's present, all wrapped. Oh, gee, well, let me have it, and uh, I'll address it, and then I'll mail it for you. Hey, Curly, I took care of everything. Oh, I see you've been doing a little shopping, Frankie. What have you got in those two packages? Uh, uh, These. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, that's something I got from my grandmother. Oh, that's... (laughs) Yeah, she's a good-natured schnook. I always get her something. (laughs) Hey, come on, let's get out of here, because I want to take Mr. Fitch's present over and mail it. Uh... I'll do it for you, Curly. I uh, got to get some stamps, anyhow. Oh, all right. Thanks, Frankie. Now, look, you mail it, and then we get you down to the car. Meet us down Yeah, there, okay. Huh? Wait for me. Uh, hey, yeah. <laughs> Gee, I hate to see Curly send Fitch a smoking jacket. Don't show no originality. But if the old boy got a cowboy suit, he'd love Curly for it. <laughs> of course, the only way he could get the cowboy suit would be for me to mail the wrong package. Oh, Remley, what a despicable, conniving thought. <laughs> I doed it. Gee, I wish Frankie would hurry. Hey, honey, you know something? Do you think we spent enough for Mr. Fitch's present? Oh, Phil, it isn't what you spent for a present. It's the thought behind it. Remember... The moon belongs to everyone The best things in life are free The stars belong to everyone They gleam there for you and me The flowers in spring The robins that sing The sunbeams that shine They're yours, they're mine And love can come to everyone The best things in life are free The welcome is, remember this That world of things cannot be bought or sold For the moon belongs to everyone The best things in life are free The stars belong to I thought you'd never get home, Alice. Uh, what did you and Philip buy for Mr. Fitch? We sent him a smoking jacket, Willie. Oh. Yes, and it's a very different-looking smoking jacket. That it is, that it is. 
Uh, say, Curly, I gotta run along. What do you want me to do with these two presents for Alice and Willie? Oh, Frankie, now you spoiled it. You always have to do... You weren't supposed to say anything. Well, you, you bought a present for me, Philip? Oh, yes, I did. Here. Oh. I might as well give it to you now, but remember, don't open it till Christmas. No. Oh, I can't wait till Christmas. No, I just have to open it now. No, wait a minute, Willie. That ain't nice. Oh, oh. look at this. A smoking jacket. A smoking jacket? Oh. But I bought you something else. Oh, those careless clerks. <laughs> now, wait a minute, William, wait a minute. This is the smoking jacket I bought for Mr. Fitch. Frankie, what package did you mail? Uh, would you excuse me, folks? I gotta get down to the delicatessen and help a guy file a warts off the pickles. He's got a... Family! <laughs> oh, Frankie, what did you do? Now, did you mail him the What's other... What's in this package? Oh, I'd better open it and see. Now, wait a minute, Alice. Don't do that. That's your present, and I this don't want you... This is my present. Oh. Yeah. Do you like it? Sure. It's just what I always wanted, a cowboy suit. <laughs> you got the cowboy suit? Frankie. Don't look at me like that, Curly. This I didn't plan on. <laughs> oh, by mistake, I must have mailed the present you got for Alice. You sent Mr. Fitch the thing I got for Alice? Oh, no, no, no. Well, what do you know, J.R.? I just received this package from Phil Harris. Now, wasn't it nice of him to send me a Christmas present? If you say so, F.W., what's in it? I don't know, but I'll open it and see. I just can't wait till Christmas. Well, I'll be a... What is it, F.W.? What did he send you? A sheer black negligee. <laughs> Don't you think that'll be a little too chilly for you? <laughs> and just look at this card he sent with it. What does it say? Dear Dreamboat, <laughs> on you this will look good. <laughs> Love, Curly. Phil and Alice will be back in just a moment Is your shampoo doing right by you? Yes, is your shampoo doing right by you? My shampoo lathers all right But it doesn't remove my dandruff I've tried one shampoo after another They all suds up and rinse out But... I still have dandruff. If your shampoo is letting you down when it comes to removing dandruff, switch to Fitch, Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. It's guaranteed to remove all dandruff. Medical authorities say there are two kinds of dandruff. One is loose and flaky. It's the unsightly kind. The other clings to the scalp. It's the invisible, irritating kind. If your present shampoo is doing only half the job, removing only part of your dandruff, remember, Fitch removes both kinds completely. So be free of unsightly dandruff. Be free of invisible, irritating dandruff. Yes, be free of all embarrassing dandruff. Fitch is the only shampoo whose guarantee to remove dandruff with first application is backed by one of the world's largest insurance firms. So switch to Fitch at drug counters, barber, and beauty shops. Ask for Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo. Fitch shampoo does right by you. to 
be ashamed of yourself. Why did you and Frankie open the Christmas present Mr. Fitz sent you? Well, we had to open it. Frankie said it was the only way I could show that I had the Christmas spirit. What do you mean? Well, I had to find out how much Fitz spent on me so I'd know how much to spend on him. <laughs> That's the Christmas spirit. Tune in next week when the F.W. Fitch Company again brings you the Fitch bandwagon with Alice Faye and Phil Harris. This program was written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, directed by Paul Phillips. Alice Faye appears to the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. The part of Frankie was played by Elliot Lewis. Laugh a while, let a song be your style, you Fitch shampoo. Don't despair, use your head, save your hair, you Fitch Girls, for softer, shinier hair, use Fitch's new cream shampoo. It's made with both lanolin and olive oil. Lanolin to soften, olive oil for sparkling highlights. Try Fitch's cream shampoo. Bill Foreman speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.